Hello and welcome to Lutheran Weekly. I'm Pastor Dale Critchley from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Delaware, Iowa. This week we have an interview with Pastor Jim Wettstein, cartoonist and creator of Unused Day, which you can find at unusedday.org. That's A-G-N-U-S-D-A-Y dot org. With a new free comic every week. I have to apologize for the sound quality of this first interview. I thought I had all the bugs worked out on the audio, but the quality of my voice, as you'll hear, is less than stellar. The important thing is that Jim's voice is loud and clear, and I know what went wrong, so next week's interview should have much better sound quality. Now, following the interview, we'll have our suggestion, suggestion of the week, then a tip for using technology in ministry. This week, how to get your sermon online. If you have any other suggestions for content you'd like to hear, stop by our message boards at lcmspastor.com. And next week, we plan to have an interview with Pastor Jim Butler, who will be talking about the Delto program and other lay ministry options. If you have specific questions for Pastor Butler, you can stop by the forums before Monday afternoon and post your questions, and I'll ask those questions during the interview. And now, Pastor Jim Wettstein and a couple of sheep named Rick and Ted. Today, I have Pastor Jim Wettstein with me. He is the cartoonist for Anya's Day. Jim, why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about Anya's Day? Uh, it's a it's a weekly uh, lectionary based uh, cartoon strip, comic strip. Um, that uh, is available on the internet uh, at uh, agnesday.org, and day is spelled D-A-Y, um, and uh, it's available free of charge to churches and individuals around the world for um, publication in their bulletins or uh, their newsletters uh, or whatever they you need it for in order to further the mission of their congregation. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a great resource. We've been using it for a number of years. Well, thanks. Um, and in fact, it's one of the things that I find that I do, and as I'm working on my sermon prep, is um, just look at the comic strip, and sometimes it gives me some insight that I wouldn't normally have had. Um, there's a lot of times uh, you'll have uh, references to different books, different theologians, and things that have mm-hmm. that have made comments, and it's always really interesting and um it makes it a the you know the people in the congregation from kids on up um you know it's sort of like when you pick up a newspaper at least for me mm-hmm. um if the newspaper doesn't have comics in it then uh, to me it's not worth reading well i i fully agree with you um the comics are a big part of our uh morning paper routine at the Wettstein house too um and and i but but i also believe that they're a powerful teaching tool um, and that humor is a powerful teaching tool. And so there's, when we're writing it, and, and we meaning uh, my wife and I, because she's got a significant influence on especially the punchlines, um, there's one of the questions that she'll ask me uh, as we're talking about it is, well, what, what's the point? I mean, what's the idea that you're trying to get across? And and usually, I mean, not usually. There's always um, in in my reading of the lesson, and then a discussion that I participate in with a, a bunch of uh, pastors here locally who are wrestling with texts, anticipating preaching this the coming Sunday. Um, I'm looking in that conversation with those people uh, for the one big idea that will be the the kernel of wisdom or truth or insight or understanding uh, that we try to deliver in the context of a three-panel comic strip. Um, and just the way the thing is set up, you know, there's a, a conventional structure for for a three-panel strip, and that 
that message is usually delivered in the center panel and then it's you know followed up by a punchline that that makes you laugh and engages people and encourages people to read it you know and maybe even go back to that second panel then and you know look again and think again about about the the point so there you go don't need 20 minutes for a sermon. You can do it in three panels. Well, no, that's clearly not the message. Um, but but it's you know it's a challenge to uh, to go. Okay, well we're wrestling with this big idea. Um, how do we say that in like a three panel exchange between two characters? Um, so that's a real challenge. The advantage though that I think a, a three panel cartoon um, has over a sermon is um, that it in it, it inherently is a conversation between two people. And so, um, you know, preachers are at a bit of a disadvantage in that they are just one voice, you know, calling out a, a calling out a, a truth, calling out a reality, proclaiming law and gospel. But um but it when you when you've got a conversation, um it allows it allows for the posing of uh of a contrary opinion or a, 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 a something that needs clarification or a, a confusion um, that can then be corrected or given insight or whatever, um, and that just that dialogical dynamic I think is 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 really helpful. So that's the, the compensation for only having three panels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. It um, you know it reminds me a lot of, and, and in a lot of ways, it's not just a reminder, but um, this is catechesis. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of sitting around the dinner table and um, talking to my kids and throwing questions at them and, um, you know, hearing what they think and then, you know, discussing that, exploring that. And sure, sure, sure. Getting to the main point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the folks should, if they're not familiar with the strip, should understand that there's these two main characters. Um, there's a mentor and a, and a student. Um, and uh, the mentor's name is Rick. Uh, the student's name is Ted. Um, Ted, they're two. They're sheep. Um, that's where the the I'm you stay uh, joke comes from. Um, and uh, Ted's a little worldly. Um, he's uh, he's he's interested in the you know the stuff that um, that the that the contemporary culture is selling. Um, he's kind of tempted to see that as as a means by which his life will be uh, made whole and improve, you know, and, and and on the right track. So he's a sucker for that kind of stuff. He's also, though, oftentimes um, the fun window into popular culture. So it'll be, it, he'll be the one who you know uses a quote from a movie line in a new and interesting way. Um, he'll be the one who shows up in costume from. You know, another comic strip, or from a famous film, or or from an advertisement, or something. Um, so, so he's the he's the point of contact with the contemporary culture. Sometimes it's a good thing, or or a useful thing. Sometimes it's it's a it's a not a good thing. Um, and then Rick is the one who's much more biblically centered. Um, he's got a clearer sense of. Um, of of the gospel, a clear sense of scripture and its whole message, and is you know constantly drawing Ted back into a fuller understanding. Though he's not incapable of making a joke himself. I mean, he's not humorless. Although at the same time, he's the guy that that seems like he's always ready to just bang his head against the wall and go, "No, you don't." Uh, oh yeah, no, no. Clearly, I mean, he you know more often than not, the final panel is Rick looking out at the audience, going with this sort of look of disgust or frustration or "Oh, here we go again" kind of look on his face, and that's 
part of the humor. But um, I think Rick is, if I can just sort of go this way, I think Rick is also a real model of uh, Christian mentoring uh, in that, you know, Next week, you're going to open up your church bulletin, and Rick's going to be there again, and he's still going to be talking to Ted, and they're still going to be engaging Ted where he's at and still patiently uh, seeking to explain um, the the gospel. Um, so so there's uh, – it's, it's not that – it's not that everything, certainly not that everything that Ted says is brilliant, and uh, one might even argue that you don't see a lot of progress being made, but I think one of the key insights for for those of us who perceive ourselves to be, you know, to use the language of Paul from uh, Romans 14, which is an upcoming reading, um, one who perceives himself to be strong in the faith is that he hangs in there and continues uh, to patiently teach. So. Spoiler, spoiler. Well, yeah. Right. So are Rick and Ted based on anyone in particular, or are these just more kind of archetypes? Uh, they're archetypes. They're clear. I mean, clearly, though, uh, from the fact, I mean, every every writing is a little bit autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they are certainly um, com- aspects of my personality, Aspect of Tracy, my wife's personality. Um, uh, so, so I mean, there's a little of Ted and Rick, I think, in each of us. Um, and I certainly am somebody who is always seeking to connect um, the expression of the gospel to the to the expressions of of contemporary culture. And, and you know, we Tracy and I watch a lot of films together, and um, so you know, all of those. Uh, the the worldview and the referent the the frame of reference that Ted carries around with him is certainly my frame of reference. Sure. Um, you find it helpful? I mean, you know, I, I think about my wife is really helpful to me um, when I'm kind of throwing an idea at her. That usually I'll have these ideas that are like really obscure. Yeah, yeah. And and she'll go. Mm, people aren't going to get that. Well, yeah. I mean, oftentimes it's. Uh, it's not that so much as um, I'll put something together and you know run stuff by her and she'll Tracy will go uh, that's not funny um, you know so so she's much more engaged in the the um, the uh, the work of uh, the language and constructing the sentences in such a way that you know they build on one another and they flow i usually i'll have like this whole idea in my head and i'll jump to the second or third panel and you know the connection between what came before and what's coming after is very clear to me uh but she'll look at this and go that doesn't flow i mean that that's that's i don't i don't understand how you got to panel number 3 here and so we'll go back and we'll rewrite panel 2 so that it gives you sort of uh, road markers for what's coming, uh, so that there's, you know, points of reference. Um, she's also, uh, a real good one for, um, identifying, uh, words that are inherently funny. You know, there's some words that just in the speaking of them are, um, are just funny words. Um, and, and those will turn up in, in the scripts a lot, a lot of times. So, so I'm trying to think. Huh? Keeps your scripts from becoming like uh, Star Wars Episode Three. Yeah, right. Exactly. Something from 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because the because the universe is clear in the writer's head. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. right, 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 right. So. So how did you get started as a cartoonist? Well, uh, you know, drawing little pictures and making little stories has always been um, uh, an integral part of my own life ever since I was a little kid. Um, I was making little booklets with characters that I was drawing and writing stories that went with them. Um, so that's something I've just sort of carried around as a child and um, was always a big uh, reader of the comics. Um, not so much Superman, Batman stuff, um, but more uh, Peanuts and the and the Sunday paper kind of serial comics. Um, so that was a part of my growing up. And when I was in the I, and I was an art major in college before I went to the seminary. So um, and kind of got away from that side of things while I was a student. Um, and then when I got into the parish, um, I was uh, looking for a way to re-engage my artistic side. Um, and uh, there's an organization in uh, Northwest Indiana where I live called the Northern Indian Arts Association, and they were I was pretty involved with them uh, at the board level. It's funny I got involved with that organization as a means of sort of connecting with the art side, and and then got involved in the management side of that organization. So I was I was you know doing at some level being a pastor of a parish is managing a nonprofit operation and. So I was going from that in the parish to serving on the board of directors of this arts organization, essentially, you know, being involved in the management of two nonprofit organizations. Um, fun. Yeah, right. It's not very therapeutic, though. Um, so, so they, but they ran these cartooning classes, and the guy who was running them was a guy named Nikki Katansky, who's a, a, a seasoned illustrator uh, in his, his own right, also a Lutheran. Um, Christian and um, so I took Nikki's class and Nikki was teaching us uh, sort of classic cartooning techniques uh, the Disney method where you know everything is broken down into ovals and circles and all of that stuff and uh, Nikki was um, encouraging us to develop our own style develop our own characters and, and one of the things that he said and I should say that this was a Saturday morning class uh, there was a guy who wrote a newsletter for the sheet and tin mill where he worked. Uh, this is Gary, Indiana, after all. Um, and then uh, there was a room uh, with two uh, girls who were probably 12 or 13. Uh, and then the rest of the room of, of, like, another 15 people was, like, 11-year-old boys and me. Um, but Nikki was encouraging all of us to develop our own style, develop our own characters, and was saying that nothing will help you de develop the discipline like... Um, like a deadline, and nothing is good for your cartooning and your writing like feedback. And so he was saying, you know, don't work for, wait for a United Feature Syndicate to show up. Um, they're not coming. Um, but if you've got access to, you know, a little community newsletter, a school newsletter, whatever, uh, you should get your stuff into there, into that, so that people can see it and talk to you about it. Um, and I was sitting there as the pastor of a little congregation in Gary, Indiana, and I was thinking, well, I publish something once a week. I could do, you know, I could do, the, and, and I'm the editor. <laughs> so I could I could do this myself. And so I, I sat down and worked up uh, um, uh, these two characters. Um, I wanted them to be animals um, because 
in a in a racially balkanized area like Northwest Indiana, it was important for me to not have people identified as black or white or Hispanic or any other ethnic group. Um, and uh, and and I wanted people to be able to see themselves in in everybody um, in these characters. So we created these. I created these two sheep, and uh, we we Tracy and I talked about their characters and so forth. And I started drawing it. This is probably now close to eight years ago, um, and photocopying it. You know, on on Thursday afternoon, and you know, handing the photocopy to the secretary, who was like then taping it into the bulletin for for use at our Savior Lutheran Church in in Gary, Indiana. And and I, it, I did that for probably. Boy, the better part of a year, um, and nobody said anything. I mean, it would just, I, I was putting it out there and getting absolutely no feedback. Um, I didn't know whether people were reading it, thought it was funny, whatever. Um, and, uh, and then was talking to other people about it, but there was no way um, to get it to people in any kind of uh, easy fashion. And then... Um, Tracy and I bought our first um, iMac, and uh, it came with a scanner. And so now I was able to scan things, and uh, and then I was able to email, you know, email stuff. And so I had, um, you know, I had a screen name on our AOL account that was dedicated to this comic strip, and I was scanning these things once a week and maintaining a, an email list of addresses by hand, and, you know, it had like 20 people on it. Um, and then the the stuff started getting out, and it got picked up by word of mouth. And um, at one point, Lutheran Hour Ministries was featuring it on a handout sheet that they were using in their workshops on, for congregations who are looking to use media in their ministry. And I could almost tell where Lutheran Hour Ministries had been with their little workshops because um, I would get, like, 20 email messages from Buffalo, New York, <laughs> you know, and it was people signing up for the, for the strip. And, and it, you know, as this thing grew where I was coming in, you know, every day to like 15 new messages of people saying, please add me to your mailing list, I thought, i got to figure out another way to do this. And so that's when we had, we had you know, adopted a, a Yahoo group and, um, and uh, I, my nephew, Eric, who's, who just graduated from a design program uh, in Montreal, helped me design a website and we automated a bunch of stuff. Um, and it just grew and grew and grew by just sheer word of mouth um, and search engines uh, so that now there are over 2,000 people on this listserv. Um, around the world, I think the comic is goes every to every continent in the world except for Antarctica. As far as you know. As far as I know. <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah, but you can usually tell by the suffixes on people's email addresses. Um, yeah. So so yeah, and then um, I get feedback from people, and I ask for people to submit a bulletin or a newsletter to see how they're using it. And so I've got this growing file folder of. Uh, church bulletins from uh, all across the United States, all across Canada, uh, England. We'll get around to that one of these days. Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, England, uh, Australia, um, the Australians, and the Australians and the folks in New Zealand um, really like uh, the strip. I think it has to do with their affinity for sheep. <laughs> so, so that's the story. That's how it got started, and that's uh, that's where we're at now. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, funny you should ask. Um, this uh, I, I get um, 
every now and then I get somebody quarreling with my theology. Um, you know, I can't help being a sacramental Christian, um, and I put that out there, and occasionally somebody who doesn't share that perspective on on the, the faith uh, will, you know, question that aspect of things. Um, sometimes I'm perceived as a little bit uh, too... Um, uh, not risque is the wrong word, but crass, uh, a little too flip, a little too worldly. Um, that's okay. Uh, you know, you gotta find the fences. And, and if, if, if occasionally somebody isn't coming back at me saying, ooh, that was offensive, um, then, then this doesn't, this doesn't sound very Christian, but we're not pushing hard enough then. I mean, it's, you gotta, you gotta find where, where, where the edges are. Um, so I, I actually, kind of welcome that kind of feedback because it tells me that people are reading it, people are taking it seriously, they're not just dismissing it as meaningless junk. Um, and uh, so I get that kind of feedback. Um, usually it's really funny. Whenever I um, put out a, you know, occasionally we have a technical problem with the, stri- with the distribution and I'll put out an apology for whatever has happened. Uh, we at one point the Yahoo groups was having a heck of a time with um, with spam uh, that was being generated by their servers and uh, and that was just a real drag and so but when when those sorts of things happen and I put out an apology I'll get like a dozen email messages back from people just affirming what a great resource it is and how much they enjoy it and how much they like my sense of humor. Um, but but it usually takes that kind of like we're really sorry we you know that this has gone blah 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 from folks before they'll before they'll give us that kind of affirming yeah, feedback. Okay. Yeah 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 it's okay it's okay we really like it keep it up you know don't lose heart kind of stuff. Um, so I get that. Uh, this last week we just went through a really fun experience actually. This last week. Um, we were drawing a strip uh, based on Romans 13, uh, where Paul says, Oh, no one anything except the debt of love. And so we were wrestling with what does it mean to have this eternal debt of love, and nobody likes to be in debt. And so the punchline for the strip that week was, I'm going to do my loving on the installment plan. This was Ted's effort at sort of keeping things under control and not being you know, overextended uh, in, in his obligations. Um, and we just thought that she's doing her loving on the installment plan was a really funny title for a yet-to-be-written country and western song. And this was something that just sort of came to us over breakfast as we were writing all of this stuff out. And so as I'm putting up the strip, um, I said to Tracy, hey, why don't we just do a songwriting contest? And so we put the word out that um, that uh, we were soliciting uh, two uh, verses and a chorus for a country and western song the title of which was she's doing her loving on the installment plan and um and if you can give us two verses in a chorus we'll we'll uh we'll uh judge them and um you know the winner's signed copy of their favorite agnes day strip Mm -hmm. so what kind of well there we had like three songs in 10 minutes (laughs) it was really funny now they're mostly terrible um, it's a it's a lousy title, you know. Uh, so they they were consistent with what we put out there, but the response was just delightfully overwhelming. We didn't get hundreds of respondents, but within that first day, um, I think we probably got twelve or fifteen people coming back at us with their take on on that uh, on that that title, and some of them were, you know, 
people coming from people for whom uh it was clear that that every expression that they had needed to be in some way religious um and then others were you know just jumping wholeheartedly into a kind of Johnny Cash Marty Robbins milieu and and you know these these uh these sad tales of love and woe and uh, so we we posted uh, our favorites um up on the uh up on the website with uh in as winners in categories such as uh best use of uh the repo man uh in their song or um uh best use of the words screen door and old pickup truck um and and it was just great fun got an, got an entry from New Zealand so that kind of uh you know you put stuff out there and you're not always sure that you know you know that 2000 people are getting the email um and every day there are more and more subscribers um and and the subscribers the new subscribers always outnumber the people getting off the list for one reason or another so you know you feel good about it that way but you never other than that you don't hear a lot back and so when that kind of thing happens it's like wow okay people are reading this um it's engaging them creatively uh they feel good enough about you to to even respond positively to you when you're at your goofiest um it's just fun uh and and that kind of interaction um is is a real hoot the other uh, here's another great story one another one of my favorite stories two two more favorite stories do we have time yeah okay okay great great um I got an email this is a couple of years ago from a woman uh who was uh of East Indian um uh a, a, grew up in India uh was living in the United Arab Emirates and was just um you know wrote and said how much she enjoyed the comic strip and she read it every week and it was just a real delight and um and you know talking about that and and uh you could tell that she was speaking from a church context and and so forth and so in my naivete i you know ask her she's got this you know you know name that is um clearly you know foreign from a from a north american perspective from a white european north american perspective german yeah right uh it's not german uh and not english uh so i ask her you know in my naivete um oh wow you know how uh, how long has your family been christian very graciously this woman writes back and explains that her family traces its christianity uh in india to the missionary journeys of the apostle thomas <laughs> and i was like okay okay thanks for the correction thanks for you know very nicely and gently slapping me in the head with my own western assumptions about who's inside and who's outside <laughs> Um, you know, and she continues to get the strip every week. I just got a message from her just recently. She's now living in New Zealand. Um, and uh and you know, it it that's that's really cool. Um got another one. This was from uh a bishop of uh of a community in Texas. Um can't even remember what it was. It was kind of some a smaller uh some kind of catholic uh denomination but not roman catholic and anyway he was a bishop within this communion and um he was writing to say uh oh I should back up and explain to your listeners that uh Rick is always carrying a styrofoam cup um in every scene um and it's got steam waves coming off the top of it and and so um 
Well, well, okay. So, so he this this bishop is relating to me that he always forwards, he enjoys using uh, this this strip, uh, especially in the Bible studies that he leads with a, a community of nuns that he is in contact with, and they love the strip, and they just have one question: they want to know what Rick is drinking. <laughs> Which you know is is just a funny, that's just a funny question. And when you think about that kind of a question coming from a group of nuns, given our stereotypes about what nuns are like, um, it's an even funnier question. So, so I explained to this good bishop that, uh, in fact, um, I'm a Lutheran, and so that means that, that Rick is drinking coffee. <laughs> but if the nuns wanted to believe that he was drinking something more exciting than that, they could go right ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of the, some of the some of the gems of feedback that I've gotten over over time. So this strip is available to uh, anybody that's out there. Um, go to onusday.org, H-E-N-U-S-D-A-Y dot org. Yeah. And um, you can subscribe to the. You got a link to the Yahoo group there. And yeah, yeah. There's a way right from the strip to subscribe to it. Yeah. And um, and it can also be posted on your congregation or whatnot website yeah we've got we've got the the uh the code um on the site for congregations to just install that code on their website and then as the as the agnes day website is excuse me um updated the new the new cartoon will automatically appear uh, on their congregation's website great way to get some dynamic content for you yeah yeah because you can set it and forget it um we're in the middle right now of um redesigning the website um and uh, and updating it um setting it up a little bit more like a, a like a blog site um it'll allow for some more dynamic exchange uh between the readers and and us um people will be able to leave comments and so forth um and, pardon me feedback always good feedback's good um it'll also provide a searchable right now you can search the site um, but you have to like use a pop-up scroll thing, and, and you know it's it's searchable the, by Bible verse in order that these verses appear in the Bible. Uh, but this will allow us to have a type-in search engine within the strip, and so you'll be able to you know call up you know I, I just want to see um, I just want to see the strips from Mark, or I just want to see the strips from Romans, or I want to see what what do you got for Romans four? Um, so you'll be able to do things that way. You'll also be able to search for it according to. Uh, um, the comments that we make and, and, and other stuff. Any, you know, anything like a blog site, anything that's in the text will be, uh, functional within the search engine. Well, that'd be great. And, and so that'll help your, uh, Google rankings and stuff like that. Too. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, do you have this, um, available in, in other formats, uh, you mentioned something about prints before. Yeah, we well, we we've experimented from time to time with doing prints. Um, you know, obviously now I'm on the hook for for producing a few of them for the people who wrote these country and western songs. Um, and and that's one of our hopes for this redesigned site is that we're going to be able to offer a way for people um, if they want a copy of a print that'll have you know my signature on it and a, a higher quality than what we can make available on the internet given the limitations of bandwidth for lots of people um then that'll be available um you know my nephew eric who is the designer of the site is you know pressing me to you know do t-shirts and and other stuff like that and that you know that may come down the road um 
I, we are, and, and the other thing that I'd like to explore would be um, CD-based anthologies. So you could, you know, you could buy a CD that would have all of the strips for a given liturgical year, uh, given a ser you know, series A, series B, series C, um, and that you would have, you know, multiple years of that series on a single disc. Um, what we are committed to doing, though, in perpetuity, and this is core to the sort of business model of Agnes Day, is providing on a week-by-week -week basis an absolutely free comic strip for congregations to use in their bulletins, and that's not going to change. Um, that's something that I'm deeply committed to. I know how congregations struggle with budgets, and I know that creative church leaders, you know, are trying to do stuff that they think is useful, and if they if they have to uh, confront uh, a finance committee on their way to trying to stretch the expression of the gospel in their in their uh, congregation, that's sometimes a, a fight that folks aren't worth having. You know, don't don't just or struggle that they just don't want to engage in. So so yeah, we. So you're saying that you want to spend. Five right. bucks a month to put a cartoon in a Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I've been in those meetings, and I know how they can go, and I know how disheartening they are. And so, you know, we just allow people to have the experience and discover the value of it for themselves. And if they decide that they feel some kind of an emotional attachment to these two guys um, such that they, you know, would like something on a more permanent basis, that's great. Um, otherwise, whatever. Um, the the joy is just in knowing that um, that that people um, are getting the strip. I'm also really committed. One of the things that is also core to um, the Agnes Day mission is um, doing strips, doing humor that is never at the expense of of members of the parish. Um, a lot of church-based humor, I think, um, is pretty hard on clergy. Um, and and is pretty hard on stereotypes of uh, insincere Christians or you know the the guy asleep in the pew the 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 pastor who's too long-winded um, when Rick and Ted make fun of anybody um, they're making fun of themselves um, if you want to join in on that and see yourself in that that's cool but they're never making fun of anybody else um, and uh, and they're never making fun of their pastor, um, which which I think is I, I see a lot of that in a lot of church humor that's written for the publication in in church cartoons, and I just don't think that's a constructive dynamic. So I agree. Yeah. So any other big projects you have in the works down the road? Anything like that? Anything not related or? Oh, not related to Agnes Day. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm really in, engaged, this is also related to art, I'm really engaged in issues of uh, church design and uh, helping congregations um, wrestle with their liturgical theology and um, understand the design implications of that. So I've been, I've, I'm a certified liturgical design consultant and um, work with... Yeah, a, a huh? I didn't know there was such yeah, well, we're we're a group of people that work with congregations in a pre-architectural phase. Help, we're we're theologically grounded, um, and um, you can count the number of Lutherans doing this on one hand. Um, but um, I'm working with a variety of congregations, uh, mostly in the Midwest, um, helping them in the in the initial stages of building or renovation projects to reflect on their uh, liturgical theology and. Uh, understand how that theology of worship 
drives necess necessarily drives the design of their environment. So, um, yeah, it's, it, we could have a separate conversation about that sometime if you'd like. It's uh, it's pretty cool, and and there's some really in exciting stuff that's happening as a, as a result of it too. So, um, helping people learn the language of their architect, helping people learn how to teach their architect about their own theology, um, writing programming statements that actually communicate. Um, and building consensus within a congregation so that a building project is, becomes an opportunity for uh, spiritual uh, formation and and uh, revitalization rather than you know contention and and uh, and, and, and conflict. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're, I think we're running a little bit long, so I'm gonna wrap it up. So, um, Jim, I want to thank you for um, for being here for our first. Uh, Lutheran Weekly Podcast. Thanks, Dale. I appreciate the offer to uh, to be the first one on your on your list, and thanks for your uh, um, faithful use of Agnes Day. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye bye. And now it's time for the product, the product suggestion, suggestion of, of the, the week. week. My suggestion of the week this week is a video podcast. Now, what's the resolution of the color iPod screens? I'm not exactly sure. In fact, any of you out there know what it is. It's probably on Apple's website somewhere. Or write me and let me know. Now, as I see it, we know Apple's working on a video iPod. And when it's ready, the next big thing will be video podcasts. You can already view movies in iTunes. And by the way, that's the best way to view movie files in full screen if you haven't shelled out for QuickTime Pro or using some other uh, full screen video application. So video podcast, while possibly a bandwidth hog, is inevitable. As I see it, the optimal for now size is the resolution of an iPod so they can be viewed properly on one when the time comes. And since they've all gone color, I'm assuming this will be possible on current models through a firmware update. Otherwise, why bother with a color screen for a device that's predominantly a music player? Now, I can see the podcast eventually replacing broadcast television. That's basically what a TiVo does. It's a video podcast aggregator, 20 years tops, and I'm betting that Apple will lead in the technology and distribution. They'll just have to watch out and make sure they avoid any kind of problems like Microsoft is now with monopolies. For once, I say it's time that the LCMS lead the way in technology instead of lagging and using a three-year-old technology, as is so often the case. If anyone's interested in setting up a confessional Lutheran video podcast, I will not only help you get it going, I'll even provide the server and bandwidth space for you. All you need is a camcorder, a computer, and a way to get that video onto the computer. If you have a Mac, all the better, because you can use Apple's iMovie for editing, which I'm pretty well versed in, but I'm sure it can be done easily enough on a PC. For this week's tech tip, how to get your sermon on the Internet. First of all, you need to record it. Now, there's different options for recording it. What we use here is a simple shoebox tape recorder, cheap $5, $10 kind of thing you get from a place like Walmart. It's not the best, but it is cheap. Now, some church sound systems have a recorder built in. If you have that, you definitely want to use that, even if it uses audio tape, whatever it uses, and usually it's just a simple cassette recorder. Uh, that'll give you the best sound quality overall. Otherwise, your other option, which is a little more expensive, but it'll probably give you a little better sound quality, is a digital handheld MP3 recorder or something like that. Now, before you buy one, you want to make sure you read reviews. 
because some of them have really good sound quality and some of them definitely do not. Uh, I tried using a Palm Tungsten T3 and, well, let's just say that it's hard to get good sound quality into a pinhole-sized microphone. So make sure that you read some reviews before you decide which one you want to use, or if you can, try it out first. After you have it recorded, you need to find a way to get it out to your computer. Now, if you have a Mac, I'm using the shareware Amadeus, and it is excellent. It has tremendous recording possibilities and great audio editing. And GarageBand, which is part of the iLife package, makes ordering multiple clips a real breeze, especially if you're doing something more than just a simple sermon, if you're doing a podcast like this one. That'll help you get everything in order. The free option for both Mac and PC is called Audacity, and you can find that at sourceforge.net slash audacity. And that's almost as good as Amadeus, and at the right price, because it's open source freeware. Now, both apps have noise filters, and you'll want to normalize the sound, too. It'll just give you a better quality overall, and it'll take the rough edges off of the too loud, too soft, that kind of thing. Next, you want to convert it to MP3. Now, some programs can do that directly. Other ones can't. And you definitely want to choose MP3 as your file format over something like WMA or RealPlayer or something like that, just because it's universal. Everyone can listen to MP3s, and there's a million different programs out there that can do it. So if you need a tool to convert it, I recommend iTunes, which is not only free from Apple.com slash iTunes, but it's got some real nice features, too. You can choose your options for sound quality and you don't need much and by the way another tip if you save it as mono that'll cut down your file size considerably and make it a lot more accessible to a lot more people after that you need simply upload it to your website and post the link now if you want to make it available as a podcast the easiest way to get a podcast set up is to take a pre-existing xml file like the one from this program and take a look at the code and it's pretty straightforward. If you know anything about HTML, you can take a look at XML, and it's really very simple, especially if you work with one that has the iTunes code in it already, that's all the better, because it'll get you going a lot faster. This podcast is brought to you free of charge. That said, my wife and I are hoping to adopt an orphan or two from Ukraine in the next year or two to give them a Christian home, and are raising money to make that possible. If you'd like to help make that happen, you can make a donation, purchase through our affiliate links, or send us your used inkjet cartridges. You can find more information at www.myheartsjoy.com. And while any and all help is appreciated, you are under absolutely no obligation. I'm happy to make this available to all regardless, and appreciate you listening. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Appreciate you being here and listening to Lutheran Weekly. And being a weekly program, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with an interview with... Pastor Jim Butler with Delto and Lay Ministry Options. If you have any suggestions, again, pop over to lcmspastor.com, go to the forums, and post your ideas or your feedback.